to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. And welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Bullock, and today we have a very interesting show. Um, I know this gentleman, uh, our guest, are the, from the International Emergency Management Society. Um, I've know, met him many years ago. I believe it was in China the first time I met him. Um, and he had a lot of um, things to uh, convey and uh, great messages you know, for the, the team's organization. And he's based in Nepal. So today he's going to be talking with us about the Nepal earthquakes and the floods that they've recently had this year. So my guest today is Professor Meen Chetri uh, from Nepal. Welcome to the show, uh, Professor. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And how are you today? I'm fine. Wonderful. So let's get started to talk about uh, the Nepal earthquake. Uh, well, first of all, actually, can you give us a little bit of uh, history of yourself, what you've done, and uh, you know, a bit of a bi- background biography for our listeners, so we, you know, we we know all your expertise. Uh, okay, actually, I used to work in the government for a long time since uh, 1985 to 2010. Uh, in various uh, ministries and departments and uh, basically I was involved in uh, disaster management uh, and disaster risk reduction in Nepal while working in the uh, Ministry of uh, Home Affairs of Nepal because Ministry of Home Affairs is the focal agency for uh, disaster risk reduction in Nepal. So I used to work there for uh, about uh, 12 years uh, between 2002-2012. And also, I worked in various other ministries and departments. And currently, I am um, working in an NGO uh, called Nepal Center for Disaster Management, uh, which is a NGO and which uh, coordinates between the government and uh, the civil society organizations in uh, disaster uh, risk reductions in Nepal. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, I am also affiliated with uh, teams. Uh, the uh, International Emergency Management Society, where I am the chair of uh, a paper review committee. So, in brief, this is my introduction. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I remember seeing you've got some uh, interesting designations, correct? Uh, I think you received something from the Prime Minister of Nepal or the President or something uh, a couple of years ago? Oh, yes. Uh, that was in uh, 2014 uh, from the Deputy Prime Minister of uh, Nepal. Uh, that is called uh, Disaster Preparedness uh, Network uh, Nepal Award 2014. Uh, that award was uh, for my significant uh, contribution in the field of uh, disaster risk reduction. And in the same year, in January, I also got Australia Alumni Excellence Award also. Well, congratulations on both of those. Well-deserved, I know. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're going to talk about the Nepal earthquake today. Can you give us some background uh, on what happened, you know, when it was and the damage it, it caused? And you know, uh, can you fill us in? We, you know, a lot of us probably just saw pictures on the news, but you, know, you were there. You, you've got firsthand knowledge of what really occurred and what, what, what happened. 
Uh, okay, uh, actually, Nepal is highly prone to uh, earthquake disasters uh, like um, uh, western coast of uh, USA, uh, like Chile, mm-hmm. like USA, uh, Japan, and various other countries. And Nepal is uh, 11th uh, uh, in earthquake disasters uh, in the in the world. But uh, Kathmandu Valley, uh, there are three cities in Kathmandu Valley. Kathmandu Valley is number one in the world uh, um, in uh, earthquake disasters, uh, vulnerable to earthquake disaster because of uh, poor construction practices. Oh. And we have the history of a series of earthquakes since uh, 12th century. And actually, two two kings in 12th century and in 13th century lost their lives uh, in earthquake. So it's very um, interesting uh, history of earthquake in Nepal. And this uh, uh, very recent earthquake uh, occurred in 25 April 2015, um, and the time local time was 11:56 uh, uh, a.m. local time. And it occurred in a uh, geological collision zone where the Indian tectonic plate pushes north into the Eurasian plate, moving the ground an average of uh, two centimeter a year. So our our plate wow. is called the uh, Indian plate, and uh, the another plate which is towards the north of uh, Nepal is called Eurasian plate, or we also call it uh, Tibetan plate. They collide uh, each and every year. And the epicenter was uh, actually not in Kathmandu Valley. Fortunately, it was uh, 81 kilometers uh, towards the west of Kathmandu Valley. Because okay. as I already mentioned, Kathmandu uh, is highly populated um, area, which is the capital city of Nepal. And mm-hmm. uh, um, the population is uh, above uh, four, 4 million in the valley. So the epicenter was 80, 81 kilometer northwest uh, from Kathmandu. Uh, and uh, the earthquake uh, actually killed uh, nearly 9,000 9, people. Um, wow. uh, 8,891 people died and uh, 198 uh, people uh, are still missing, means yeah, above 9,000. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, 22,303 people um, uh, and millions of others were homeless. Uh, uh, 22,000 were injured and millions of people were homeless, and still many people are homeless. They are living in temporary shelter in various parts of the country. And more than 600,000 uh, households were fully damaged due to that uh, earthquake. And um, the measurement uh, was uh, seven point, uh, according to um, American Geological Society, it was 7.8. According to our uh, Department of Mines and Geology, it is a 7.6 uh, rectory scale. Uh, so it was not that big, but because of poor constructions, uh, the uh, damage uh, was so high. And uh, mm-hmm. the earthquake uh, affected 14 districts of Nepal. We have 75 districts in our country. Uh, it's not uh, uh, a very big country, but uh, the size uh, is uh, maybe equivalent to your California, maybe smaller than California. So we have 75 districts and 14 districts were hard hit by that uh, earthquake. Wow. Yeah. So half, half the country was uh, really impacted. Over uh, half the country yeah, was impacted. Nearly, nearly, nearly half of the country, yes. Wow. Yes. So with that many people you know, injured and unfortunately that many casualties, that had to have had quite the uh, economic impact on Nepal you know, and, and everything that happens within it, like all the services that are provided to people. 
you know, because I remember seeing some of the, the pictures and fantastic temples that were just destroyed and, oh, yes, you know, yes. wonderful buildings. You know, how did Nepal deal with that? Like, what there, there ha, it couldn't have just been, um, you know, impacts from the earthquake itself. Obviously, there had to have been greater impacts to, to the, the country overall, how it was running and everything. Oh, oh sure, yeah. Um, the situation was chaotic situation and... Um, yeah, uh, actually, the government was uh, helpless uh, in the event of that earthquake. Uh, anyway, um, our uh, security personnel from Nepal Army, Nepal Police Force, and Nepal Armed Police Force, uh, and other volunteers, um, they did a very uh, difficult job. They worked uh, day and night, and we carried out uh, search and rescue for several days. And in the meantime, uh, we had international uh, communities also coming to help uh, us in Nepal, including um, the USA, of course. So uh, we had uh, foreign teams uh, to help us um, after uh, several hours. And uh, actually, the total economic loss is estimated uh, about uh, US dollar seven um, seven billion dollars. It's a very huge amount. Uh, and still, as I already mentioned, many people uh, in uh, suburbs uh, in, in Kathmandu, Lalitpur and Bhaktapur and other uh, places and cities, they are still living in the tents. Means our uh, recovery is uh, too slow, actually too slow. Uh, recovery is not satisfactory. The immediate search and rescue was yeah, um, uh, taking into account the available resources. It was okay, but uh, recovery is too slow. Uh, that is uh, mainly because of uh, the volatile political situation in Nepal and also the poor management. Um, but something is going on and uh, people are constructing their own houses and government also is helping, international community also is helping. Uh, but again, the recovery uh, is taking um, very slow space. So do you still have some of these uh, foreign agencies in the country helping out? You know, I, 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 I... I find it hard to, to to visualize families building their own homes. So, you know, are, do they have assistance? Are they still receiving assistance, or are they really doing it themselves? Uh, no, actually, uh, most people they are doing themselves. The government is providing uh, subsidies, providing some uh, cash assistance. Um, uh, is um, nearly three hundred thousand rupees. That is. Uh, um, three thousand uh, dollars was paid uh, to to the affected uh, people in installment basis. So uh, actually, most people they they uh, they constructed their own houses themselves. Government also helped, but uh, many people they helped themselves. They constructed themselves, uh, uh, but uh, it is not satisfactory again. Because, um, as I already mentioned, people are still living in uh, temporary houses, which ec economic condition is poor. They are still living in um, poor uh, shelters, in uh, temporary shelters. So how is that impacting businesses then? Because it must be difficult for businesses to be operated oh, yes, as well. Yes, um, yes uh, business was affected for months, for two, three, four, five, six months, uh, depending upon the size of the business. So some industries, uh, they were uh, closed for months and later on they recovered. They are now into operation. Um, so that is why I, I told you that the total loss is estimated to be seven, uh, $700 billion, so which is a huge amount for, for Nepal. And international uh, communities means inter uh, bilateral and multilateral agencies also they committed um, 
assistance to Nepal. But unfortunately, most of the um, countries and communities who committed, committed to provide cash assistance to Nepal, they have not uh, yet provided uh, the committed uh, amount of money. They have provided some portion of the committed amount, but they have not uh, fully uh, provided the committed um, money. So that is one problem. But um, uh, you see, uh, I think money is not a problem. Even the government of Nepal has... Uh, uh, not enough money, but uh, uh, they also have a significant amount of money for this uh, recovery. But the problem mm. with us is uh, poor management. Mm. Uh, because yes. of uh, volatile political situation. And also the government formed um, this uh, earthquake uh, reconstru reconstruction uh, authority, uh, a very powerful authority. And they uh, appointed the CEO, chief executive officer. But uh, because of the change of the government uh, in six, seven, eight months, uh, they uh, again changed the CEO and the new CEO came and uh, again uh, he was changed. So uh, this kind of thing uh, disturbed the recovery process. You see, so this is uh, actually uh, because of uh, politics uh, within the country. So management is a problem um, for us, not the money. Wow. So... With, with businesses then, with, with money, were they, um, not, well, I guess let's, let's forget the money. With okay. businesses and the, this changing of uh, government and, you know, their expectations, that's, is that the biggest problem that Nepal is facing right now it, to, to try and recover from the, the earthquake is, you know, the, the government keeps, um, for lack of a better term, keeps changing its mind and changing its direction and, you know, is, is that the biggest hindrance to Nepal fully recovering? Uh, yes, that, that is the biggest hindrance, the uh, volatile political situation and the change of the government in a uh, few months, not even a year, you see. Uh, the government keeps changing in six months, seven months, uh, seven months uh, nine months. So that is why we have the new prime minister, new cabinet, and uh, they don't take uh, good decisions. Uh, that, that is the main problem in, in all fields, you see, not only in this uh, rec earthquake recovery, but uh, in each and every every uh, sector, uh, it is uh, the main hindrance, main problem. So that, does that, because there's um, instability in the government, does that also hinder uh, outside sources trying to help as well? Like if if I had a company that wanted to come in and help you know all those people yes, build homes, yes. that yes. that's hindering yes. me, right? Yeah, uh, because uh, as I uh, earlier mentioned that uh, the international community uh, committed uh, committed handsome uh, amount of money to provide um, to the government of Nepal for earthquake recovery, um, but the money is not uh, uh, at uh, there. Because uh, they blame that uh, Nepal has um, no good governance, the government uh, keeps on changing, so they don't trust, and they say that uh, Nepal government has no absorption uh, capability. I mean, they cannot spend money, which is true. Mm. That is why they hesitate uh, to provide the uh, committed uh, money. And uh, it is true that uh, Nepal government has uh, low capability of spending money. Even Nepal government has not been able to spend its own money uh, in the last fiscal year. Only 50% of the total development budget was uh, spent. 50% was unspent. Wow. All, the, all this money coming in, all these uh, you know, helping hands that are out there, and you know, it, it all 
uh, bottlenecks with the government, you know, yes. trying to help yes. all these people and, yes. and businesses, you know, get the country back up on its feet. You know, yeah. um, the pictures I've seen are absolutely beautiful. You know, it was a shame to yeah. see see the, uh, the the damage that the earthquake yeah. caused people. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. On that note, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about going forward. What you know, some of the things uh, that Nepal will uh, consider. You know, as they try to move forward and recover from this uh, earthquake. And we're talking today with Professor Mean Chetri, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Today we're talking about uh, um, some uh, incidents and uh, crises and disasters that happened in Nepal. And our guest today is Professor Mean Chetri who was heavily involved with all of these things, and he's giving us a lot of great insight. Uh, before we went away on the break, we were talking about some of the uh, socioeconomic impacts and uh, some of the things that are occurring uh, in Nepal. But right now, uh, I'd like to, to know um, what's happening in Nepal now to move forward. You know, what, what are, what's the plan to go forward? You know, I know you've mentioned there's some roadblocks, but what, what's the overall plan you know, to happen so that Nepal can recover? Uh, okay, uh, earlier I forgot to mention uh, uh, an important uh, point. That is, you see, uh, the earthquake occurred in, uh, on uh, 25th uh, April 2015. 
and international uh, community, international uh, search and rescue teams were there, and we got uh, very good help from international community. <coughs> but you see, India also was there, India, which is our neighboring country. Um, uh, India, China are our neighbors, uh, the, these two countries. But you see, uh, because of uh, this political, uh, internal political uh, game, uh, India um, uh, blocked everything. Um, the, the supplies from India to Nepal was blocked, you see, in September 2015. Wow. For about six months. For about six months. That was, uh, they didn't say uh, this is a blockade, but, uh, and our Nepal government also never uh, declared that uh, this is a blockade from India. But in reality, it was um, a blockade. And uh, that caused um, a very big problem to uh, Nepal's uh, daily life, you see, because uh, mm -hmm. Nepal is heavily dependent on India, uh, on um, many, many supplies, many things like um, uh, fuel, uh, food, uh, and merchandise, and um, uh, other machineries, and various other things. So uh, our trade deficit also is uh, quite high with uh, India because we import quite a lot from India and the export is uh, too low. Uh, anyway, but uh, India, um, yeah, they didn't declare, but uh, yeah, because there was some, um, some demonstrations and some uh, unrest uh, in southern part of uh, Nepal, uh, border to uh, India. Uh, some political parties, uh, they were demonstrating against uh, the government. Uh, that was internal matter, you see, political matter. But uh, Indian government, uh, they levied um, blockade to Nepal and the fuel uh, supply was blocked uh, and other materials also were blocked. And that caused uh, inconvenience to uh, Nepalese daily life because we could not get uh, goods and services uh, in due time. Uh, and uh, the loss from the earthquake uh, in that period was $7 billion, which I already mentioned. But the uh, loss due to the Indian blockade uh, to Nepal was $21 billion, three times more. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, 2015 was a really bad luck year for Nepal. Wow. Yeah. So did, that obviously had to have had a major impact on the rebuilding and, and all efforts, right? That, oh, yes, that. yes. In all sectors, you see, in tourism, um, in export, import, uh, in earthquake recovery, uh, and um, industries and various uh, other service sectors of Nepal. Uh, as I already mentioned, we are heavily dependent on uh, India uh, for the supply of goods and services, uh, including the um, uh, gasolines. So it was very hard time for us. Uh, you see, a very difficult time. So that would have made it about six months. Wow. So that would have made it harder to even recover because, you know, you needed the materials even to be able to rebuild homes. You know, oh, yes. you know, all of, I am assuming that's was part of the, the stuff that was blockaded, you know, or, or not yeah. allowed yeah. to enter. Mm -hmm. Did the same, yes. I'm curious, did the same thing occur on the Chinese side? No, no, no. They were quite helpful. Uh, China oh. tried to help us, but because of the geographic situation, you see, because, uh, China is on the north, India uh, is uh, to the south, east and west of Nepal. So the topography uh, of Nepal border to China is more difficult, you see, and the access roads to China are uh, quite few. Uh, and uh, they are not, uh, they, are, they are narrow, narrow roads, you see, single lane uh, roads. Mm -hmm. So 
it is difficult to get supplies from uh, China. Otherwise, China was uh, happy to help uh, us. Uh, yeah, China was with uh, Nepal, but India, you see, really created a very big problem to Nepal, and it was uh, international concern also. It was uh, an international uh, issue also. Uh, every every country knows it. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know uh, goods were held back uh, at the border there. Well, interesting piece. I do I do know with China. The reason I ask that question is I believe a fell a colleague on the from the team's organization was involved with that. Um, uh, Jack, I think. Uh-huh, Jack, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack I think Jack. Washington. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, that's right. Yes, uh, I remember seeing pictures of him uh, leaving teams in Nepal as well. So that's why I was curious to know if the same thing happened, you know, on the Chinese side. But I'm glad to hear yeah. it didn't. You yeah, know. From China, we have uh, uh, we we have no problem so far. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And, okay. And actually, this, this kind of blockade is not a new thing. Uh, from India, we experienced uh, this kind of problem. Uh, this is the third time. You see, they did it uh, three times. <laughs> uh, long before, also, they did the same thing. Oh, so the because of political the, matters, it's a politi- politics. You see, politics between the two countries. Oh well, that's a shame. Knowing that all these people and businesses need to get up and running, and have been impacted by an earthquake, and it's the politics that are that are um, hindering your know, recovery. Yeah. You know, not the people's willingness, uh, you know, or organizations' willingness to get involved and get out there and help, but rather yeah. the the people you know in office that are causing the pro- the bigger problem. So. That's uh, that's sad, you know. That's not good to hear. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say on the earthquake before we move on to uh, the floods, uh, the recent floods and landslides? Um, I think, uh, yeah, the, um, uh, yeah. Earthquake is the most uh, frightening disaster um, for Nepal because it causes heavy loss and damage, a property loss and human life loss. Uh, uh, although it doesn't occur every year, but uh, that is number one. Uh, uh, disaster uh, um, from the point of view of uh, Nepal. Uh, yes, now we can talk about other disasters. Um, yeah, floods and landslides also are uh, big disasters. Uh, they occur each and every year in Nepal. And this year also we had very severe uh, floods and landslide uh, disasters in various parts of uh, the country. So what, if, if if like earthquakes, you, you have a lot of floods and landslides, what were the impacts there? They must have compounded you know, things from the earthquake, but uh, what additional impacts did the floods and uh, uh, landslides cause? Okay, actually, uh, Nepal, if you, the geology of Nepal uh, is uh, very young. Uh, means uh, this uh, plate, this Indian plate moved, uh, uh, maybe you know that uh, uh, the earth was a mega continent 55 million years before. So this uh, part of um, this part means uh, Nepal, India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, uh, Pakistan, uh, Bhutan. Uh, this, uh, this, this plate came from south to the north slowly 55 million years before. So this is the uh, youngest uh, part in the, in the uh, earth. That is why uh, this part of the world is very uh, fragile, uh, mm-hmm. very fragile because of uh, young geology uh, and uh, in Nepal there are more than 6,000 uh, streams and rivers more than 6,000 6, streams and rivers uh, really? which flow yeah which flow mostly from uh, north towards the south generally with uh, high velocity due to high river uh, gradient so the, and, is that 
is that snow runoff from the Himalayas? Oh yes, uh, most of okay. most of the big rivers are snow-fed, uh, which okay. uh, not not all rivers, uh, some big rivers, are snow-fed, which originate from the uh, Himalayan ranges, which is uh, border to China on the north, and uh, that are covered by uh, perpetual snow. And as the topography of the country is uh, steep, rugged, and high angle slope with uh, complex geology, very high intensity of rainfall during monsoon season. We call it monsoon season. Our monsoon season uh, starts uh, in mid of uh, June and it uh, stops uh, in the middle of uh, September. By um, yeah, now, now the monsoon is uh, over. So uh, July, August, September uh, is a rainy season in, in Nepal. And mm-hmm. it, cause, it co- causes floods, landslides, uh, and debris flow. So um, this rainy season is uh, very difficult for us because of uh, landslides and floods in various parts of the country. And uh, the problem of uh, floods and landslides uh, occurs each and every year in Nepal, but uh, some years are more devastating, you see. Um, we have severe floods and landslides in uh, uh, 1993 and uh, again in uh, 2000, uh, 2006, 2008, 2014, and this year 2017. These years, uh, yeah, the floods and landslides caused uh, heavy loss of human lives and physical properties. And in 1993, more than um, 1,350 people uh, lost their lives uh, in floods and landslides. That, that, wow. that was the biggest uh, biggest uh, disaster, disaster in the history of floods and landslides uh, in Nepal. And uh, in 2000 also we had a very severe flood, but uh, human life loss was uh, not that big, but economic loss was uh, quite high. And again this year, uh, in 2017, in August, in the month of August, we have severe floods and landslides uh, in the Middle Hill region and in southern part of the uh, country uh, and uh, due to the landslide alone 75 people were killed and due to the uh, flood uh, uh, disaster the human life loss was uh, 201 so it means uh, 276 people died uh, in uh, uh, this year alone this year alone and the economic loss is uh, millions of dollars, and still the government is uh, uh, carrying out the uh, damage assessment. So um, we don't have the exact figure now, but this year uh, uh, heavily flooded our southern part of the country. So with these landslides and floods, because they're um, fueled by the monsoon and some of the uh, runoff water from snow, um, does that mean that uh, you know these landslides are are choking off some of the transportation routes and you know making it harder because you mentioned yourself that uh, you know a lot of the areas in Nepal are quite remote. So if you have these landslides, in effect, some of these areas are getting cut off, right? And you know oh, yes, you can't yes, help. Yes. It makes it hard yes. to help them. Yeah, um, yeah. Our our uh, roads are most of the roads. Uh, are across the uh, hills and mountains and uh, due to the uh, fragile condition of uh, the topography whenever there is uh, floods and landslides of course our uh, roads are uh, swept away are damaged and um, yeah sometimes uh, uh, the roads are blocked for uh, several days for two three days 
uh, it takes time for us to uh, reconstruct. So it happens uh, um, daily, you see, in uh, one or the other parts of uh, the country. And because the landslide and flood uh, with debris, uh, they result in severe damages in the roads uh, and crops, uh, even settlements and other physical constructions. So hopefully, does that mean some of these uh, roads now um, are being, uh, how do I say this, uh, strengthened? Like, is there uh, an action in place to strengthen some of these remote roads so that, uh, you know, they're not as susceptible to uh, floods, uh, which seem to occur on a rather consistent basis? Yeah, they, they are uh, restored, but uh, still in in uh, some places uh, they are still uh, not blacked up. Uh, they are they are not still uh, well functioning. Um, uh, maybe double lane roads are uh, still uh, single lane, uh, so it takes uh, another two three months to um, make them fully functionable. So still we have problem, and still it is uh, raining. And uh, again, um, just uh, yesterday also one one of our highways was blocked due to uh, the landslide. So it occurs even in the dry season, it's because of the fragile uh, geological uh, condition of the uh, country. So uh, with these remote areas and landslides and even the earthquakes, the how do you get aid to these people? You know, it, Because the roads, like you mentioned, are going to be blocked. So what mm-hmm. are the challenges in trying to get there? You know, How, how do you get there? Uh, actually, for emergencies, uh, to uh, transfer the seriously injured people uh, or sick uh, people who needs uh, medical treatment, we use uh, helicopters, um, uh, you see, to transfer them from one place to another place. Otherwise, uh, for transfer of goods and other services, uh, we have to uh, wait and see. Uh, there is no way out. Uh, that is why, that is why uh, we need to construct, actually, um, tunnels, you see like in mm-hmm. Japan, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. our economic condition doesn't uh, allow and maybe uh, our engineers uh, are not uh, that uh, capable to make uh, tunnels, but this is very high time for us to think about constructing the uh, constructing the tunnels in, in the hills to, to uh, be safe from the uh, frequent uh, floods and landslides. The road damage so, uh, due, to, due, due to floods and landslides is a very serious, very big problem for us. Mm-hmm. Each, and every year. Each and every year. So the only way, first of all, the only way to get to some of these areas is by air. You know, yes. It, by, you by, can't by, obviously or, go or, by river. Or, or, by, uh, or on foot or by uh, using, uh, you see, uh, horseback or mules, you see, or um, uh, transfer of goods and services by uh, animals. We also do it. Ah. Well, it, it still makes it tough to get that 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 uh, the supplies and the medical equipment that you need to these locations because, you know, you, you have to kind of go back to um, non-modern techniques, you know, yeah, yeah, a yeah, mule exactly. and things like that, you know, instead yeah. of just hopping in a big truck and then going up the highway, you know, yeah. that's not currently not the option. So, yeah. Okay. On that, we're going to take a, our second break. Um, we're talking today with Professor Chetri and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you're seeking more confidence, it is time to feel good naked. Each week, host Law Redman and her guest experts are here to help you be you. In order to truly be successful and happy, you need self-confidence, self-love, and self-respect. Feel Good Naked Radio will teach you how to embrace these qualities and make your life more fulfilling and meaningful. Listen live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be proud of who you really are from the inside out. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Today we're talking with Professor Meen Chetri from Nepal, who's giving us some great insight on the Gorkha earthquake in uh, 2015 and some fantastic uh, information about the floods and landslides that have been occurring uh, consistently over through the years. And in this last segment, I'd like to touch base on the disaster policies that Nepal has and has put in place. During our break, you started to touch on uh, a couple of key key uh, points there. Could you kind of give us some insight of, you know, with all these disasters that occur in Nepal on an ongoing basis, you know, what what is Nepal doing about some of this and what is their policy? Okay, while talking about uh, policy, uh, actually Nepal is the pioneer to formulate and implement uh, disaster management legislation. Nepal formulated Natural Calamity Relief Act in 1982 in this region. Um, I think that time, uh, even uh, India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, and Bhutan, they didn't had uh, any uh, disaster management uh, legislation. We we did it, but unfortunately, uh, Natural Calamity Relief Act was uh, formulated and implemented in 1982, but uh, the government failed to formulate uh, other supporting um, legislations like uh, disaster management policy, uh, disaster management rules, regulations, standing orders, 
कोर्स बिल्डिंग कोर्स फायर कोड और विंड हेजार कोड दैट काइंड अफ अदर अदर सपोर्टिंग लेजिस्लेसन्स वे आर नट फर्मुलेटेड इन ड्यू टाइम ना हो वी हेव भेरियस अदर पोलिशीज एंड एक्ट्स एंड दैट नेचुरल क्यालमिटी रिलिफ एक्ट नाइन्टीन एटी Uh, to deal after uh, disaster preparedness and uh, recovery so that is why uh, we were in need of a proactive disaster management legislation so keeping in view this situation our center nepal center for disaster management which is uh, actually a ngo uh, working for the government and the other other um, uh, um, sector uh, other sectors so we we drafted um disaster management act for the convenience of the government of nepal in 2007 and uh, earlier uh, the focal agency the main uh, agency for disaster management in nepal um was is uh, the ministry of home affairs which i mentioned in the beginning also where i used to work uh, uh, between 1995 to uh, to 2005 uh, for more than 10 years Uh, to, uh, I uh, nearly worked for 12 years. Um, I also worked in disaster management department also. So uh, that act, which uh, I'm talking about, uh, Natural Calamity Relief Act in 1982, was uh, a kind of inco- incomplete solution. You see, uh, it, it could not uh, deal after uh, disaster preparedness uh, and uh, recovery because focal agency was the Ministry of Home Affairs, and Ministry of Home Affairs has no uh, resources human or material resources for uh, preparedness and uh, recovery because that is a uh, administrative uh, ministry uh, they, that ministry can carry out uh, response works but not uh, recovery and preparedness that is why we envisaged we we um, we told to the government that we need a separate powerful agency for disaster risk reduction in nepal since 2007 you see that is why we drafted disaster management act and handed over uh, to the uh, government for uh, formulation uh, and uh, implementation um, and the government uh, worked on it revised uh, our draft uh, from time to time but it was not uh, enacted it was not enacted again um because of uh, the changing of the government because of the political uh, volatile uh, political situation so mm-hmm. once it went to the uh, parliament uh, that time it was constituent uh, assembly two years before and uh, i think three years before and uh, again the parliament was dissolved and uh, that uh, bill um, without becoming the act uh, came back to the ministry of home affairs and fortunately this year this year very recently Uh, i guess it is on 25th uh, september last month it was passed by the parliament so now we have disaster uh, risk reduction act for nepal and now we have a very powerful uh, council powerful body to look after the disaster management uh, disaster ris- risk reduction activities in nepal chaired by headed by uh, the prime minister uh, himself that is called um, disaster management council uh the assembly council will be chaired will be headed by the prime minister himself and uh, there will be other 13 mini- mini- uh, ministers as the member of that council and other stakeholders also will be there so 
now uh, we'll have uh, we'll have a very powerful body and i think now onwards our disaster risk reduction activities uh, will be very efficient will be very effective uh, and uh, now the trend of disaster losses uh, will be reduced significantly let us hope so because now I we hope have, so yeah, yeah uh, now we have the new act and uh, earlier uh, you see the the head the the, the chair of um, national uh, we, we call it um, uh, central disaster uh, relief committee central committee was headed by the home minister but now we have the council national council for disaster management and that council will be headed by the prime minister himself and also there will be other uh, very powerful uh, 13 uh, ministers so uh, i hope that uh, it will be very good now onwards that so, is in so, brief about the policy so with the disaster management council and, and you know the the pm chairing it Mm-hmm. What what's that council going to be fully responsible for? What are they going to do? You know, what are they going to make people or or organizations do? Okay, actually, uh, they will they will make the um, policies. Uh, they they will uh, direct uh, the the other uh, other stakeholders, and um, there will be, uh, the the council will be, will be headed by the prime minister, and there will be one uh, another executive uh, committee which will be headed by the home minister. And that will be uh, responsible for uh, response work, you see. And again, uh, there will be another uh, executive committee, which uh, uh, will be headed by a CEO, by a chief executive officer, which will be uh, a bureaucrat. And uh, that will be uh, an executing agency. And uh, also now uh, Nepal is in um, uh, in federal system, has entered into federal system. So we'll have... Um, Federal states. We have say seven uh, federal states, like you have uh, f- uh, 50 in uh, USA. So uh, we have now seven uh, federal states, and uh, we will have the chief minister in each state, and they will head uh, the uh, state councils, and also we have the districts, 75 districts again, and uh, the districts will be headed by the chief district officer, uh, and all these uh, agencies are responsible for disaster preparedness, disaster response and uh, disaster uh, recovery. Uh, earlier, it was mainly focused in uh, recovery only, uh, sorry, uh, response only. So now uh, these, uh, these councils, these agencies are responsible to look after all aspects of disaster management, uh, preparedness, um, uh, response, recovery, rehabilitation, reconstruction, mitigation, everything. So they'll be help, helping create the, the policies that all areas within the country have to follow now. and putting a, um, a, like a standard in place that all the yes. districts now follow so that the, yeah. the, um, the responses and all the, the different pieces you mentioned are standard from area to area, correct? Exactly, yes, yes, yes. So then you don't have anybody going off and doing their own thing. You know, now everyone is going to have the same set of roles and responsibilities yeah, yeah. And, and, and policies to follow. Yeah. Early, the, the problem with us uh, in earlier times was that as I already mentioned, that Natural Calamity Relief Act 1982, uh, according to that act, the Minister of Home Affairs was the nodal agency, was the focal agency, was the main agency for disaster risk reduction in Nepal. But that ministry uh, has no capability for disaster preparedness 
and uh, response uh, and uh, sorry in a, in a recovery for uh, particularly for uh, reconstruction and uh, rehabilitation because minister of home affairs they don't have volunteers they don't have uh, engineers they don't have geologists they don't have uh, warehouses and uh, they don't have other equipments for disaster risk reduction so uh, they mainly focused on uh, response only whenever there is disaster and then they went for uh, response that's all so the approach was reactive it was not pro- proactive while uh, we need to have a proactive approach means uh, we need to have uh, effective uh, preparedness and uh, recovery which uh, didn't take place uh, in the past but now we have separate uh, councils separate uh, committees separate uh, agencies uh, from um, top to bottom bottom to top you see from um, central level to uh, local level so we have various uh, committees and uh, various councils so all all those uh, agencies are made responsible for our, uh, for, for for all aspects of uh, disasters for uh, preparedness for uh, response uh, recovery rehabilitation reconstruction for everything and they will have enough uh, uh, resources as well i believe so the goal in the end is to help mitigate some of these disasters and reduce some of the the impact upon the you know the people and businesses and communities right yeah yeah and also we'll have a very powerful uh, disaster management authority which uh, i mentioned earlier and uh, uh, that will be headed by a ceo and he will have uh, several um, other um, other other um, branches or other divisions or other field offices uh, mm-hmm. having a lot of um, human and material resources and they will also take care of all aspects of uh, disaster uh, risk reduction and uh, yeah, that, yeah that authority will be will be uh, guided will be supervised by Um, um, uh, by by the home minister and the prime minister and other ministers who are in the uh, disaster management council on the top they so will now it makes and yeah. now it makes some of these people and groups accountable to to make sure that they've got these exactly. yes. Uh, yes. things in place that, you know and that would help i i would assume help with the distribution of resources when when they're needed in specific areas and it would help um you know uh, when you're going to you know they one district on the other side of the country what they've got in place is the same as what's on the other side of the country it would it would yes. definitely help out everybody you know in the government and the people because they're all working under the same um the same responsibilities now and the same processes yes you are right yes well, that's great because i know a lot of times um even in canada here there's some spots where you know, one province does something different than the other one you know but here it from what it sounds like in Nepal it's going to have a col- a collective same mindedness so to speak everyone's going to be un- on the un- same understanding and it's going to be seen by you know the senior uh, official you know being run by the prime minister so everyone is now will know who's responsible for what who does what and when they do it and they're exactly. all following the exact same thing yeah that that's good you know um and congratulations on that because uh, you mentioned you were, you were a part of putting some of all that together and i know you have been involved in the past so that's great yeah is there anything else that you'd like to um comment on in Nepal with regards to you know policies and disasters and you know uh, you know sadly Nepal has gone through quite a few over the years so is there anything else you'd like to add 
you know, let us know about what's happening there? No, um, actually, as uh, I mentioned, our approach uh, was a reactive approach. That is why we failed in preparedness and uh, recovery in the past. But now, since we have a proactive uh, legislation, which we envisaged, uh, we aspire for that uh, since a very long time. Uh, so I think, um, yeah, um, when uh, that uh, act will be uh, implemented in re reality, uh, I think very shortly, uh, we'll have a very powerful uh, authority. So I think uh, it will uh, get better. Um, and actually, keeping in view the current uh, disaster trends in Nepal, uh, recognition of the importance of uh, reducing disaster uh, risk and building resilience with a goal against uh, which efforts could be measured must be a major contribution to meeting the challenges uh, and uh, this should be realized and uh, there was no uh, specified agency to realize uh, this need and now uh, when we will have this uh, powerful uh, authority agency uh, i think uh, that agency will be uh, will be um, uh, able um, to mainstream uh, disaster risk reduction into development planning and it will coordinate with all stakeholders and uh, which will help ultimately to reduce the disaster risks uh, in Nepal uh, significantly. Be because uh, the trend of losses in uh, due to disasters in Nepal are in increasing trend. Uh, now it will be in decreasing trend, I hope, after the, um, um, uh, after the composition of this uh, disaster management authority. Well, that's great. I, I really hope that uh, goes in the direction that uh, you know you you're planning on it going. That, that would be a fantastic role, and maybe somewhere down the road we could actually talk about that again once uh, things really start rolling with that committee. I'd like to thank uh, Professor Mean Chetri for joining and talking about Nepal and disaster policies in Nepal. Again, to anyone who's listening, if there's a topic uh, you'd like us to talk about or be a guest on the show, send me an email at info at stone-road.com. Send me a note and we'll uh, see about getting a, a guest, getting you on as a guest, or finding someone to talk about a topic you want us to cover. Otherwise, in the meantime, thank you very much. Thank you, Professor Chetri, and stay prepared, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.